Today's conversation is one that I recently released on my other podcast that I've been hosting since uh, February of 2020. And it's a conversation that I just felt really applies to women in chiropractic as well and gets into how we really align spiritually in how we lead and also leading from intuition and just how we show up as women in a man's world. Um, this is a conversation I had with a woman I've gotten to know and as a friend of mine through lots of podcasting, as you'll hear. And we, you know, she comes from a male dominated industry of selling cars actually. And um, we had quite the conversation in which I share quite a bit about my own journey owning a chiropractic practice and leading a team inside of that. So I hope you enjoy. There will be, you know, a few episodes that are cross-released with both podcasts as I have them both going, but this is one of those that was just so awesome. I wanted to share it here too. What if we could transform the experience of being a woman chiropractor from one of constant stress and burnout, trying to juggle all the things to one of ease, energy, and thriving both in business and in life. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson Ridley. I'm a woman DC who became one of the one in five chiropractors who burn out in practice by year seven. To the outside world, I achieved the financial and business success only 1% of the profession reaches, but the reality was it left me bruised and battered, both emotionally and physically. Today, I help other women chiropractors revitalize their body and practice by stepping into their unique power and rewriting the rules so that they can thrive at home and in business. What we do is far too important for so many of us to struggle and burn out. And this show brings you the conversations, lessons, and permission to be you, redefine success, and transform the experience of being a female chiropractor. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to the women's. I'm really excited for today's conversation. We, Lindsay Sutherland is joining me and she's someone I've gotten to know about her podcast. She's coming on mine. We met on another podcast that we were on a podcast party for, and uh, we just love podcasts, but we also have a lot of things in common. And so we're going to dive into the conversation around how we bridge having a spiritual side and being in the business world as women in, in life. Um, so I'm excited for that. And kind of before we jump in, Lindsay, I always like to hear everyone's story of how you got into doing what you do and some of your own journey. And I know that'll launch us into what we're going to talk about. So absolutely. Yeah. That's, and it's leadership too, you know, ladies, if you're listening, you're just in a leadership role, this conversation will resonate because that's really my path is I had, I went from six figure career to living in a log cabin in the woods, chasing my dream. And totally upending our family and moving three states away. And my journey has been on this self discovery and figuring out how to blend my spirituality with my business. And it's been really exciting as of late how I've been able to finally embrace both sides of me as a business consultant. And it's what I do now. It's what I love. I help businesses thrive. I help them find profit without increasing marketing spend. That's my gift. And I'm ready to talk about, you know, how that got to that point where I used to say I was bipolar. I felt like I had bipolar in my life. I had two lives. I had my, my work and my masculine side, and then I had my feminine spiritual side and never the two shall meet. You know, it was this very divided lane. And it really 
felt uncomfortable and like I couldn't just be myself. So I'm excited to talk through that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you bring that up because, you know, I think women in leadership, whether we own our own business or are leading a team in an organization, we struggle with this a lot. It's like, we don't feel like we have permission to be our more feminine or intuitive or spiritual side, which is kind of like the whole idea behind this podcast is how do we start to bridge that gap? Because there are, you know, there's aspects to leadership and whatnot that are very like, you know, to the point, I think of like CEO driver men type, right? It's like that model of, of leadership that the world kind of prescribes to, but I found in my own journey with business and building a a team and a seven figure practice and all this stuff, as a chiropractor, there was a lot that wasn't that. And when I allowed more of my intuitive and spiritual side in, even in my relationships with my patients at the time, it really transformed a lot for me Mm. enjoyment. So let's, um, where do we want to start with this? I don't know. This is, this is like a whole, whole pack of <laughs> unpack this. Pandora's box well, open. <laughs> so. I'm sure you have some interesting insight to that too, because I think, you know, running a business is, especially in the chiropractic space and totally correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a pretty male dominated industry. Is it not? Yes. Yeah. Very male dominated in school. And it's interesting because there's this whole aspect of chiropractic that is the philosophical side. And when chiropractic first came into existence, they thought about being a religion because, you know, there's this connection that we all have to innate intelligence is what we talk about in chiropractic. And, you know, you can call it your intuition, you can call it God, you can call it like what, and we're having this conversation and like whatever your belief system and reference point is, it's, you know, that something that's greater than ourselves and in you know, contributes to healing. But then we also got the business side of like, never talk about religion or politics ever, ever, ever in your practice. And for me, you know, I had a later transition into really figuring out what my beliefs were and and my own relationship with God. And it was like, I had this kind of like you, it was like, there was this missing piece that I just cut that wasn't allowed to show up in my practice Mm -hmm. and in my business. Yeah. And that was true. I, so my background was in the car business, automotive and same thing. I was one of a group. It was me and like 10 guys in a room, you know, I mean, that that was pretty much my day. Um, and I would manage men. I was a manager with men, a, the very, very few women, um, in the upper management of automotive and, I didn't feel like now also, I know this is stemming from being raised by my dad because my mom died when I was 12. And so my dad was a businessman and it was very like, he treated me like an employee. And a lot of times there's no emotion. It's like, it just is, it's just factual. We have to look at the facts and make a decision. (laughs) And there wasn't any intuition. There was no gut feeling. There was no like leaning into your heart space. Like those were not conversations that anybody in my workspace or my home life were having. So when I finally started, well, it was around the time I was about 19 or 20, I really started working with a woman who was a thought coach. And this is before coaching was even a thing. And she changed my life. Even to this day, I use the tools that she gave me to help cultivate my mindset. But a lot of my spirituality started there because up until then, I mean, a little transparency because my mom died, I 
personally got irritated with God. Like mm-hmm. I thought that speaking of intuition, I knew that my mom was about to die. Like two weeks before she died, I had this knowing for lack of a better word. And I even told her, mommy, I feel like you're going to die. Can you promise me you won't? And so when she passed, I was angry with God. And I said, um, you could have saved her. I asked you to save her. You didn't do it. And so it took me a long time to get work that out. <laughs> yeah. And I went down lots of different bunny trails leading up to that. And then the, but the bottom line is that at some point in my life, I started to feel more safe with my spirituality and with faith and believing that something can work out for me. Mm-hmm. And then it became my life, like everything about my life was driven from that space, but I never felt like I could talk about it. Like you said, you know, you're told not to. And as a manager, sometimes I'd be, you, you, if anybody has been a manager, you, you know, you're like a glorified therapist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> These problems become your problem. <laughs> And so I would be sitting there talking to my team when they were having problems. And my solution was, well, if it was me, I'd be praying or I'd be doing this or I'd be journaling or whatever it was. And so I would always walk on eggshells like, so how are you in the spiritual realm? (laughs) How do you know your faith? Like toe dipping to see, you know, how they would respond. And some of my most loyal uh, employees were people that I could talk to about my spiritual side. But again, it was like, we then both felt like we were in on the secret. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was still not something that I could just get up in front of the room and talk about. And, and, and I, rightly so, because it could be offensive, but it's just interesting. And, and I always wanted that. I longed for that to be able to just blend those two parts of me um, freely, unapologetically and own it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really powerful. And, you know, I'm just thinking about in the business world, like whether you're in corporate or, or doing your own thing, like it's interesting to me because it's, I don't want to say it's taboo, but it's like, we don't think about, and this is part of what intuition is, right? Like connecting with God or praying about it or, you know, following that gut instinct. Or like, if you have a premonition, like a voice, like I'll get words screamed at me. Um, like, especially when I'm in the shower <laughs> and I've learned to, like when I wrote my book, I, you know, I was kind of like thinking through like, what are my next steps and blah, 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 blah. And I, it just kept saying like, right, right, right. Like, and, you know, flashing <laughs> while I was taking a shower one day, I was like, okay. So I started writing. Um, but you know, when we're not connected and when we feel like, you know, we can't bring that into those areas of life, it's like, we're shutting down a part of ourselves and we're not really leading from our power or fully connected to who we are and who we're called to be and who we're meant to be in the world. And that can become challenging and honestly lead to burnout, I think is the biggest thing, but yeah. Well, and and not only burnout, but it can also lead to second guessing things. Like for example, I recently had a client who, um, she said, I just can't shake this feeling that my team is talking about me behind my back. Now she's a soul. She's a small business owner. I mean, there's like her and two people. So the team was her business, you know, like that was a scary feeling for her. And I told her right then and there, I said, 
then you're right. Just a hundred percent. If you feel that it's true, I guarantee you, because never in my life did I ever have an inkling. I would get intuition that people were going to quit. I could get intuition. Like they were going to get something or not get something like things would come to me and I couldn't explain it. And of course I couldn't come out and be like, well, my intuition says, <laughs> right. <laughs> But so like, if you get a feeling like someone's going to quit, you know, you're like, Hey, let's talk. And then you're just hoping that they, it comes up in conversation. Cause you can't be like, I have this sneaking feeling that you're going to leave. And if that's fine, then just, could you let me know? <laughs> you know? But anyhow, and it turned out to be true. We talked with my client. I told her how to bring up a conversation and to kind of ease her way into it. And sure enough, the girls had been, you know, doing this and, and, Oh, you can't see me on the podcast, but I was moving my hands, like talking to each other. Um, And yeah, that was, and she was able to draw it out and create a healing space for that conversation all because I gave her permission to follow her intuition. Like that was huge. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, those difficult situations, like when we talk about intuition, we get into all kinds of stuff. And I'm thinking about all these things that, you know, I experienced having a team and, and all that it's, a willingness to have the conversation and not either sweep it under the rug or just react rashly. Like, for example, I had a girl who worked at the front desk and I trusted her to like do our bank deposits and stuff. And so she took a deposit on a Friday and it never showed up in the bank. And then she called out on Monday and, you know, I had a lot of thoughts. <laughs> Ultimately she did, she hadn't like stolen it, but she did finally take it in, but it was, and then she lied to me about it. And, you know, it's like those situations get really dicey because, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out what do we do? How do we, how do we address this? Like, do I just fire her on the spot? Do I give her a chance to explain? Like, and I think as women, we struggle with a lot more of this stuff because we're, we have a little more empathy and we have more of those feminine traits more strongly than men do like empathy being one of them. And it can be hard in those leadership roles to not let yourself be walked all over and to have what they call, you know, a backbone. <laughs> I was told when I was like 25 that I needed to grow a backbone or I was going to be screwed in business. And I was like, what the hell? And I don't think that's the way to go about that. <laughs> but Like we have to find our own version of what that looks like. And I think our intuition plays a huge role in it because it will, you know, it might lead us down a path where we have some uncomfortable conversations but ultimately what gets created on the other side of that is something that is far more powerful and empowering for us and for the people around us. That was I don't know about one of the, the biggest struggles I see for, for women is learning what to say, how to word things. Yeah. Uh, that's something I get asked a lot. Like people I know will like lean on me like, how can I word something? And even with my clients, that's been something I keep coming back to is like, how do I approach this conversation with this client? I'm really nervous about it. And how do I approach it with my team? Or how do I approach it over here? And just finding a way to get into a conversation. Uh, how about we, do you want to come up, give people some like good conversation starters so that it doesn't feel awkward, but they can still honor their intuition? Yeah, let's do it. You start, okay. you came up with <laughs> Well, I have two that first came to mind. So one of them was um, an apology. So this has worked for my client twice, one with her team 
I told her, I said, you know, just come into the conversation and apologize, take ownership and say, you know what? I'm really sorry. I've been working hard and growing and so focused on growth that it's occurred to me that I haven't checked in with you guys enough. And I really want to sit here and listen to what you have to say. How do you think things are going? What are your thoughts about the future? And here's some of the things I'm doing. And it really opens up that conversation. People feel empowered, like they have a chance to be a part of the change. And then at some point, I taught her how to turn it into what she expects. Because we knew that the issue was these two were gossiping and that was creating this illness, right? Going on in the business. And um, I said, so listen to what they have to say. Take it to heart, obviously. And then just say, you know what? This is really great. And I think that we can certainly put some of this into place. And now here's something I need from you to help me get there. And then it laid out that moment of expectation where she could just, I need you guys to communicate. We need to have open communication, like with me, not just with each other. And it was really, and they, the team embraced it. They were excited with the changes. They were happy for her and for the growth opportunities. So that was a win. Yeah. And, you know, I think that brings up something I pondered a lot when I had a team and, you know, eventually I do plan to grow a a team again, but I think I had to recover from the traumatic things that happened with it because it can be that way. But, you know, there's different styles of leadership. And I think we get very stuck in like, and I'll, I'll just share this story. I actually haven't shared this one. I, for a long time, didn't have the off- an office manager because I just, you know, filled both roles. So I was seeing patients and like managing everything that was happening. And eventually we hit a point where that was not feasible anymore. So I hired an office manager and it was one of those things where on paper, like she looked great and all that. And by that point I had learned some things like I was using disc profiles to, and this is something that helps with those conversations to just like see the personalities of my team and know how to tailor my communication with them. Cause you know, if somebody's on disc, if they're high D, like you can be really direct. If they're an high S you have to like give them lots of accolades and compliments and like very, you know, smile, couch all of anything that's a potential criticism or, you know, something that they could do better in like all the things, right. All the flowers. Um, and so on paper, like she looked great and like, she'd be a great fit and her style of leadership. She was from a military family, married to a guy in the military. It was like, no, you do what I say. Cause I said so. And it drove this huge wedge in my team and my, my gut, like almost immediately when I realized that that's just how she led was like, nope, but I didn't listen. And I tried to make it work and I tried to help her, you know, learn other ways of leading and and just not everybody's cut out for that. I forgot how I got into this, Oh, but around the difficult conversations and, you know, just. Oh, did you end up having a difficult conversation? Oh yeah. Cause you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I lost some of my great employees because they just couldn't handle working with her. And I finally was like, okay, you know, we're done. And I asked her to come in and she got millennial, but you know, she got pissed that I didn't just fire her over text because she had to actually come into the office. Like she, she had a lot of like the millennial entitlement and stuff going on. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just, you know, this is a conversation we're going to have face to face. And yeah, but you know, it's like muddling through that stuff and, and trusting when it's time to just pull the trigger versus when it's possible to create a space, like, cause that, that scenario that you described, this is how I got into that could have gone really differently. You know, it mm-hmm. could have been someone who's leading from like, you know, I know you're talking about me behind my back and just very like aggressive and confrontational versus creating a space where everybody's 
excited and it almost feels like, you know, their idea too. And so they get on board and, and all of that. Yeah. And I love that you brought up the disc. That is a, if anybody doesn't understand what Dr. Alex is talking about, Google it, because that one thing helped me not just in management and leadership, but in sales in pitching myself to people. I mean, I can peg somebody's personality type almost hundred percent accurate within about 30 seconds because I've studied it so well. It has been, and it helped me with my husband, actually, like a lot of our relationship was over personality, you know, it was interesting, but, um, on that same note, like another great way, like in your case, this is what's reminding me, you said your, your gut told you that this wasn't working out and you kind of let it linger. So a great way to lead into a conversation like that is using the key, these two words I've noticed. So Mm. I've noticed blah, 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 whatever your intuition is saying, it seems like there's some disconnect between you and the team. Have you noticed that too? And then they're like, well, no, I haven't. Or yes, they don't do anything I say, you know? Yeah. Well, let's talk about it. And then it kind of like creates that space for conversation and maybe growth. But by the end of that conversation, you would know, is she willing to change or not? And pretty much confirm your gut or, or not. Right. Right. And, you know, and I, looking back, like I did have some of those conversations with her and even sent her to some of the leadership training that I had done and really wanting to give her a chance because she expressed an openness and an interest in that. But sometimes yeah. you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Oh. It's true. And that's the one thing I used to say, like, you know, you can, I could teach a skill to anybody, but I can't give them, teach them willingness. You know, that's the part yeah. that they're either in Brett and Brett, it's ingrained. That was the word I was looking for, ingrained, or it's not. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, intuition can really come in and just, it's also people's actions that will display, you know, and this goes yeah. for business or personal relationships. Like if the actions don't match with what they're saying, then. I recently did a post on Facebook that said, can we normalize talking about God? Yeah. And it was, you know, how it was telling a little bit of my story and how I feel like, you know, just because I talk about God or my spirituality beliefs doesn't mean I'm telling you what to believe. Mm -hmm. I was like, everybody's entitled to their opinion and I can let you have your opinion and I can share mine without being upset. <laughs> you know, we, we yeah. can be adults in a room. And I had so much engagement and people were just like, yes, please. Thank you. I even had people reaching out like, thanks for posting that. You've actually inspired me to, to be more forward with how I feel about things. And here's what's really interesting. I think that the more that we just accept that part of ourselves and let it be part of whatever it is we do in life, we will start to attract more, I don't know, people that we connect with on a deeper level, more loyalty. And then, you know what they say, birds of a feather flock together type of thing. Mm -hmm. I think one of the problems with leadership and business in general is that we're trying to be a servant to everybody, to the masses. And so we, we muddle these parts of ourselves and it may be intuition or spirituality, or it may be other parts to dilute it so that we come across more acceptable to the broader masses. Right. But actually, if we were to just be who we are, I mean, maybe we're a sassy Jewish, you know, mama from the Bronx or whatever, you know, like (laughs) 
maybe we're graceful and eloquent. It just doesn't matter who we are. We're all our unique person. But when we just be who we are, it's amazing how people will love us because of that. You know what I always think about? I always think about now I've lost my mom. I've lost my dad. I've lost my grandma. I've lost a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And something that has always resonated with me, like one of my learning experiences has been, you know, those little things that make people tick. Like, like if somebody you love passed, you're going to remember the way they laugh. If they had a weird laugh, it wasn't weird when they had it, you accepted it. Only they were self-conscious about it, but you'll never forget them because of that. Right. Right. Or the shape of their nose or the way they, like my husband, he does this thing where he, when we go out to eat, he organizes all the silverware by his place. in so it all matches up evenly. It's like this OCD thing about him. He doesn't even know he's doing it. <laughs> But I'll never forget like that's what makes him him. And we we need to embrace these things about ourselves because it's what makes us us. And that's the things that people will actually like about us, believe it or not. We may not like it about us, but when we just lean into it and let it be, then it's actually the part that people go, you know what? I've really liked how you just are so straight up about things or how you really word things or whatever your specialty is. You're just being yourself, you know? Um, yeah, I just, I think more women just need to be empowered to just accept who they are. And it's hard. It is hard. Especially in a world where, I mean, we're already so self-critical and then this is my opinion and I don't have any scientific evidence to back this up, but it's like, we, we entered the workforce, right? Like after world war two is when that kind of started to happen, but we still are in these roles that are male dominated. Like I was a chiropractor, you know, you were in the automotive industry where, where, and especially as you, I've coached other women in high, you know, high level corporate leadership positions where it's literally them and a bunch of white men, like that's who's mm-hmm. at the top. Right. And on some unconscious level, like I think collectively we have this guilt for being out of the home. And so we're, you know, where I find some disparity is either like we might be in powerful positions in work, but then our relationship at home, like doesn't match that with our spouse or or whoever it is. And I know I went through some of that where like, I was a hot mess, honestly, in my, my personal relationships until my mid thirties. And so there's some of this, like we have to uncover some of this and be willing to kind of let all that crap go and just really get connected with who we are. And what I found interesting is when I allowed myself to be the most myself and communicate, like started talking about my faith and, you know, my belief system and all that, not to push it on anybody, but just like made it part of the conversation in my newsletters that I sent out to my patients and stuff. It's like, suddenly I realized that I was surrounded by a bunch of people who shared similar beliefs. Like I'd I'd created that culture just by who I naturally attracted. And that was really cool. And it was like, none of us were talking about it. And so then I just opened the door to be willing to talk about it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, that looked different. I knew other chiropractors who like prayed intensely over every one of their patients after they adjusted them. Like that wasn't me. That didn't feel good. (laughs) But you know, having conversations and just being open to like allow God to be present in, in what we were doing in in whatever way. And so I think we all need to find that. And and then there's like the culture of whatever organization it is you're in. So if it's your own, obviously you have more control over making shifts. If it's not, there is all the, you know, political PC-ness that is probably even more prevalent now in the last few years, but 
Well, you know, it's another interesting subject that you could probably dive into more with your background as a chiropractor is the sixth sense. I mean, I think that we, you know, we grew up in school, we're told we have five senses and we really have six. I mean, we maybe even have more than that, but that sentient sense, sentient sense, that's a, that's a mouthful. Um, But the energy field, the the fact that we talk about that is, well, I would say more in the Western hemisphere than maybe the Eastern hemisphere. But, you know, that is, if we were, if kids were told from an early stage that their sixth sense is their, their intuition, I guess is a way to call it and teach them how to like, how did you know that? Well, I sensed it. That's a, that's admirable. Like let's, let's feed into that idea. I mean, that's such a simple thing, but I honestly, just the other day had that realization. I'm like, we always talk about the sixth sense of seeing ghosts or whatever. And like, that's mm-hmm. people's like their psychic ability. And it's kind of the same thing, but maybe not so ghosty. <laughs> it's just more energetically, but we don't talk about that. And it's definitely something that is just, it's a real thing. It's scientifically proven. And yet we still don't modify how we respond to what are the, what are the primary senses of human? We don't mention that. Yeah. No, we don't. And it is interesting because I actually, before I followed my intuition to make the choice to step out of actually practicing in the healthcare space, but more, you know, talking about business and leadership and how we do all of those things. I did a most of a PhD in integrative and natural medicine based in quantum physics. And that's where we start talking about energy. And so in the quantum realm, like that's what we are. Matter is energy that is expressed, you know, and there's all this stuff about an observer and how we, you know, show up in an express are expressed in the world, but it's something that's really missing from how we approach medicine and how we approach ourselves. And like, we can photograph our energy field. There's a lot of work and healing. I do like it's high achieving women and driven women. We tend to be really disconnected from certain parts of our body. And we have eight energy centers, one of them, 16, inches above our head, you know, they follow the chakra. I like the term energy center. That just is what works in my world. But we have these areas where energy is stored and where our intuition really thrives. And when we're doing things that align with that energy, like that's where the magic happens. That's where conversations are easy. That's where, you know, we lead well, that's where we hit growth and have years where like my business doubled or tripled every year for five years, I think. Um, just from how I was showing up and being willing to to do that. I also burned out hardcore because there were things I was not paying attention to, but it's the more you can tap into that. You can call it energy. You can call it intuition, like whatever works for you. I think it would be really helpful if we destigmatize that term energy and allow it to exist. That's, yes. Yeah. Like it doesn't need to be woo woo anymore. My yeah. TED talk. So I did a, I applied for a TED talk and uh, my TED talk was called, um, your someday dream starts today. And it was literally about how I leveraged my understanding of quantum physics, which is very basic. It literally came from the movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? Like that was like legit. And I didn't, I'd love to research it. I don't even know where to begin, but like that whole side of it. And then understanding the quantum field and help. That's how I got my log cabin in the woods. Like that whole thing of believing that I could and committing myself to the dream and that expectancy and just so much of that overcoming doubt was the number one like secret to getting that to happen so to speak so yeah. it's interesting how um even when i do okay 
So I'm going to challenge myself. I'm challenging you guys. I'm challenging myself. Like even just now, I feel hesitant to step into that and to say, you know what? Yes, I manifested my log coming in the woods because I believe there's this woo-woo stigma around the word manifest and energy and, you know, intention. And there's my, there's that, like, I see it like a yin and yang, like my feminine side combating my masculine side again. And it's like, <laughs> well, we don't want to be associated as somebody who manifests things. I mean, <laughs> we're creators, you know, that's just such a stronger word. So I am I'm publicly saying I manifested my house. <laughs> Own it. Love it. Oh, yes. That's the part, you know, it's just like pushing yourself to let it be. And yeah, it's, it's, that's the challenge. This goes back to like the hard part. It's hard sometimes to fight that inner voice. That's like, it's like restricting in the words. I don't want to say it, but it's, it's important. It's important. And I think the only way we're going to change that stigma is if more of us lean into it and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I've had some interesting conversations recently. Um, depending on when I release this may or may not have come out yet, but you know, around like neuro-linguistic programming, which is a lot of our language and what it says about us, you know, subconsciously, but also consciously and just awareness of the words, like the words that make you go. And maybe there's a word like, you know, I, I talk about this with my husband, actually, I'll, I'll share this story because I don't think I've shared it on here. I got divorced. I was in a relationship kind of a little bit before the divorce was finalized, you know, we were together a year and I just, I knew intuitively that I wanted to be married. Like I just did. And that relationship wasn't going well. Um, and so I actually ended it in March of the year. And I just like had this feeling like I'm going to get married this year. And I literally just broke up with someone. You know? <laughs> okay. You're already gone. Two weeks later, I met my now husband. We met online. We were engaged uh, eight weeks later and we were married four months after we met and we've been married for several years now, but it was like, I was 33 and that was just like, I knew that that was the year I was going to get married. And so I've never talked about it as, you know, manifesting that, but I definitely attracted that. I was open to that possibility and I really allowed, you know, I didn't try to force the relationship I'd been in to be that. I just opened myself to, and now I'm going to get married and we'll just see what happens. And I think, you know, it's scary to step into that in that way. And especially when we're intellectual, you know, we want to rationalize everything and, you know, and there's also this interesting dichotomy. What came up for me when you were sharing that is like, and part of this is how we talk about faith and and different things is like, depending on your belief system, it's like, oh no, it's all God. Like I have no, no part of that. And there's also this thing called free will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I really think it's about us coming alongside God and, and he redirects, like he, she, whatever, you know, whatever your thing is, universal intelligence, we get redirected if we're totally off base and totally off mark, but we are creators and we are creators. And, you know, when we're really aligned with that part of ourselves and have open flows of connection and communication. Like for me, meditation has been one of the biggest things that has actually connected me to, I feel more connected to God in my version of, you know, higher source. And I, I identify as a Christian, but I feel, you know, more connected in that way than I ever did when I was going to church all the time. And, you know, cause mm-hmm. it's very intellectualized. And so it's, you know, kind of like 
surface level talking about it versus actually feeling and understanding it in your core being. Yes, I agree with you on that. But also I would say like, even in the Bible, it says God created us in his likeness, likeness and image. And in um, Genesis, it says God created man and gave him dominion over the earth and the animals. And he like, it goes into spelling all that out. And I was always reading that. I, all of a sudden I got like an epiphany. I'm like, that's what quantum physics is saying. When we have intention, we're moving matter with our intention and God gave us that ability. Yeah. We don't embrace it because we just, it seems blasphemous in a way. It's like, I can't possibly create the world because God created this world and that's not my place, but it actually is. And he says so in the Bible. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like, wow, it just was like dawned on me. Oh my gosh, we really do yeah. have that power. I mean, science is proving it, but it was right there in black and white the whole time. So it's just interesting how, you know, sometimes we just misinterpret things, you know, that's oh, where meditation yeah. comes in. Yeah. 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 Get that connection and understanding those epiphanies. Yeah. One of my big resistance pieces to finding my faith actually was, you know, language and how much is lost in translations of the Bible and whatnot. Cause I studied comparative literature in college. And so I learned all about translation theory and how a text, you know, the meanings of a text and how you different ways you communicate that. And I think I'm not like dissing the Bible in any way. <laughs> come to come to, you know, trust and believe in what it says. And there is a lot to understand and to be interpreted. And as our relationship with God changes and our perspective shifts, and you know, I think we need multiple ways of connecting and not just through what is written. Like, is that important? Absolutely. And yeah, also opening ourselves as a channel to understand it more deeply, I think, and in the context of our current time and reality. Yeah, and God gave us the intuition to do that. Bringing it full circle. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Mm-hmm. For, so, the, for those listening, Lindsay brought up this topic as we were talking about what to talk about today. And I'm like, I loved every moment of this. So, um, for those listening that either you know want to get connected with you, learn more about you, where can they go? So where I can help, let me just be clear about that. So you know who to reach out to. I mean, uh, my website is lindsaysutherland.site. And if you're a business owner or even a budding business owner, you're just getting started. um, I can help you. I can help you scale and grow your business and find profit. So that's the best way to connect with me. And if you like to just hear nuggets of wisdom, follow me on Instagram, because I often will just come out of left field with like mindset tips and you know, fun things to make you think differently. Uh, so that's a good way to to go if you just want to kind of, awesome. you know, get a boost here and there. That's the best way. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for coming on and coming out of left field with me and talking about things that we don't normally talk about. That's <laughs> love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I'm on a mission to help the chiropractic profession heal collectively from the limiting beliefs and broken business models that plague our profession and lead to high rates of burnout. I also believe that women are the ones who are going to do that. I can't do it alone. And so I have two quick asks. 
One, if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to leave a review and share it with a colleague. This helps the message reach even more women DCs around the world. And second, if you're a Facebook user, join me in the Chiropractors Healing Collective, which is a place for us to come together for more support and to heal both as individuals and as a group. There we engage in discussion and many of these episodes are actually streamed live so that you can participate and share and get support around many of the topics that we discuss on the show. I appreciate you and I look forward to joining you on our next episode. 